All right, guys, you just stepped into your telepod to practice teleportation, and something else is in there with you, splicing its DNA with you. What do you go in with? Rock. Not a rock, the rock. Dwayne Johnson. You get spliced with the rock. All right, two points. Uh, For me, I'm going to go with a quokka, because it's the happiest, most adorable animal on the planet. Uh, What was that again? A quokka. Doesn't sound real. Let me give you three points. Ryan? Uh, yeah, my parents. I've always wanted to become my parents. Uh, that's, a, that's a joke answer. Uh, but for real, I would probably choose Amazon Prime. So I could give everyone everything all the time with a two-day grace period. Four points. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I just want to let you know, you have already become your parents, and you make them so proud. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From Under a Rock, the podcast dedicated to taking you out from under the proverbial rock on movies you should have seen by now. I am one of your hosts, Michael. I'm Stephen, another host. I'm James. And I'm Ryan. And this is From Under a Rock! Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, And it's completely normal. We have uh, Ryan and James back. Uh, Ryan, you had a bit of a meltdown last week and you went on to discover the 90s. James, you left concerned, but you're both back now. Um, yeah, how was it? Tell me about your time. It seems stressful for you, Ryan. Um, I've always known about the 90s. My grandma is currently. Oh. I was uh, born in the 90s, so I feel like yeah, I yeah, feel like I'm I was pretty, pretty well versed. No, but like last week, uh, James, you left the podcast because Ryan had a bit of a meltdown. Yeah. and I don't think I knew Ryan last week. Um. Hey, Arnold. It's the nineties. Maybe, maybe it worked. Maybe like he talked him through. Maybe he gets it now. Yeah. That was well, a- welcome back. I'm, I'm so glad we've done this podcast for right. several years with you guys now. And I think moving forward, we're gonna have a lot more of a cohesive group. I yeah. think we can. We we know there's a little. We can agree on a little more now. Yeah. The nineties. It's just great to have you guys back, so thanks for returning. Uh, you can smell the denial in the air. That's all I'm saying. I do want to say I was a big fan of Rocket Power. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Remember Twister's real name was Maurice? That was great. Yeah, that was good. Okay, Ryan, you can stop texting me that you've never been on this podcast before. We know you're, you're Ryan. You're Ryan Evans, right? Uh, Ryan Schwartz. Ryan Schwartz? Yes. And this is James... McNally, right? That actually sounds like a singer. Is that a singer? I was going to say, Ryan Evans McAnally. sounds like a boy band guy. Yeah. Play, yeah. You know, I'm, a, I'm James Girardier. This, this doesn't feel right, Stephen. I'm, I'm not sure what's going on here, but... But Ryan and James are back. Right. They're back, and this week we watched The, the Fly, Fly. The Fly. Which is a movie you picked. Yep. And it is directed by you want to get you want David Cronenberg. David Cronenberg. I'm not going to do it in Rick Sanchez's voice because it's. Oh no, we did enough of that yeah, that one did. time. I mean, we you did. were here. You guys were here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we were. Yeah, man, uh, uh, Can you explain it? Okay, for ser- us? seriously. I, I know your past hosts were also named Ryan and James, but uh, we're we're a different Ryan and James. They're very common names of the '90s, actually. So. <sighs> Let it go. All right. Let it go. All right. <laughs> Wait. So. 
who are you guys? Dude, okay, my name is Ryan Schwartz. My name is James. Ooh, great voice crack. My name is James Girardi, hey? Yeah. Should we do it? I'm, I'm going to do a blurb because you guys aren't going to ask me because you don't think I'm new. But uh, I'm an actor uh, in L.A. I've uh, been in a bunch of commercials and stuff recently. Uh, I do stand-up. I write. Uh, I'm working on, on some films. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and um, I'm an editor. Steven, I've actually worked with you at Annoying Orange. This is really weird that you don't like recognize me at all and you think I'm someone else. Uh, yeah. Well, it's great to have you guys back. I think this is a solid improvement. Yeah? Yeah. And Michael, I was in a thing with you where you were acting like an asshole. I mean, I, I think everyone who's ever spent time with Michael has been in that situation. I was about to say, are you referring to that project we worked on called Real Life? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Are you yeah. referring to present time? Yeah. <laughs> this, this all sounds accurate, yes. It's a great performance. It's very believable. Yeah, a, a method. So. Right, so... We watched The Fly. Mike, do you want to give us a rundown about what this movie's about, when it came out, who's in it? Oh, my God. Uh, sure. I believe this movie came out in 1986. It was a David Cronenberg movie starring uh, Jeff Goldblum and his then-girlfriend, Gina Davis. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. They, they were dating while this movie was uh, being shot, hence the uh, palpable chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really consummated that relationship in the movie. They did. They waited until the movie too. Yeah, they were yeah. <laughs> they were like, we want this scene to be real. That's why they covered up. They harnessed their palp. It's very palpable. Uh, and the movie is about a uh, scientist who uh, invents a machine that can uh, solve all of transportation's issues. Uh, he's a man who has motion sickness, and he is motivated by that to come up with a alter, uh, alternative means of transportation. He invents teleportation. Um, and he meets a journalist who follows him and wants to make a story out of it, but then they fall into a real-life relationship uh, as he ends up using the telepod on himself a fly is unknowingly in the chamber with him, and he merges DNA with it, and slowly throughout the movie, uh, starts losing his humanity and becoming a fly. Uh, meanwhile, uh, her her ex boyfriend is also her boss at the uh, journal, the magazine she works for, and he begins to get involved. Yes, and he looks like he has the best beard. It is so well. Oh no, yeah, hands down, like amazing. So it's like a thick beard. It's well groomed. It's very uniform. His porn star name would be Remington Steel. <laughs> That's already a guy in porn. Is it really? Yeah, I thought there was a like a razor company. Oh. Maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah, that oh, I'm thinking of Lexington Steel. The joke. Yeah, uh, I know way too much about porn. Um, let's move past that. Yeah, cool. <laughs> we'll we'll open up that box later. We don't have to. Okay. You, you know, there's a, there's a new porn star. I'm not usually big into porn stars. I like amateur stuff, but a new one I discovered. Her name's Larkin Love. She's she's it's nice. The thing I really enjoy about her is she's actually good at like sex talk. It doesn't sound like forced. Or weird, like most of it all does. Is it is it because it's like stuff like you're doing a good job, you're doing it like she's just like really encouraging or anything? Oh, like that? I just need that inf- affirmation, so anywhere <laughs> I can get it. Perfect, Ryan. You seem like the kind of guy who leaves a comment on the porn he just watches. Is this true? <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, that was some very encouraging dialogue. I don't know if it, the writer or if it was all improv, but I just wanted to, to pass that word along. That's like the comment I imagine yeah. you put. Yeah, it was, down it was very European in that it was like a slice of life. I feel like I just saw a quick piece of your life. One thing I do know Ryan does with his porn is he will download it, he will edit it a little bit, and then upload it to Facebook for hits. <sighs> yeah, well, I'll do that. We'll get to that later. <laughs> Something ruined. We'll Steven's open that life. box later. Uh, hopefully, Lexington Steel is not in there. Um, so what did you guys think of the movie? Uh, who had not seen this before? I hadn't. I also have not. I've, I've seen it uh, a few months ago. Okay. Yeah. And this was your second watching? Second this, watching. This was my second watching. I saw this for the first time a year ago when I made myself watch a bunch of uh, horror movies in October of last year. And uh, this was actually the one I enjoyed. It, it was up there with the one I enjoyed the most, the... What was at the? What was above this? Uh, the Exorcist. Oh, okay. I had never seen it. So I really wouldn't call this a horror movie. At least, it's definitely gross. Uh, it's more gross than scary. I don't know if that's it, yeah, quite horror. What, but what else can horror, you put it in? You, yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. like there's nowhere else to put it. Yeah, it's I, a subgenre, is what it is. Yeah, um, but I mean, like, it's a creature feature toward the end. Okay. Oh yeah. So. I mean that that falls into into the horror category. It starts off like a superhero movie. It I starts joke. off. It's kind of like not Spider-Man. like a superhero movie, no. but I can see. It's totally. I can see how you get there. Yeah. It seems like an origin story of someone. Yeah, with you some got the power. nerdy guy and the scientific accident that has su- gives him superhuman powers, but that's totally not what this is about because right. it quickly gets extremely gross. Right. Um, I even joke that oh man, they even got a villain. But one of the things I thought about that was interesting, and this is the quote-unquote villain who's the ex-boyfriend, ends up becoming kind of the voice of reason mm-hmm. and a good guy, which I thought was very interesting because the bad guy being just a bad guy is kind of boring, usually. And that's actually one of my favorite things in movies is when a character uh, not necessarily turns sides, he doesn't go from like being a good guy to a bad guy or vice versa, but when he keeps his own characterization and his beliefs and uh, they are dynamic enough to where he can play both sides of the fence where you have this character who is really unlikable for the duration of the movie, and at the end you're like, oh, she, he just genuinely cares about Gina Davis's character, and is kind of just falling into the role of X who she wants nothing to do with, but that doesn't make him a bad guy. And it's interesting because it was, it was clear that they wanted you as an audience to not like him at first. Um, there, there was even, part of the writing was very uh, on the nose. He's in her shower and um, uh, unknowing that she walks into her apartment that she hears the showers on and we discover that he's in her shower. They're broken up. He still has the key and she rips the curtain open and asks like, you know, what are you doing here? And he says, I was just in the area and I was feeling kind of scummy. And he really hits that word. Is that what he said? Yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Scummy. So he's like almost announcing his, how the audience should feel about him. He's Hmm. like, I am scummy. And then, yeah, by the by the end of it, we start once you know, uh, uh, um, uh, what's Brundle. his last Brundle, Brundlefly uh, starts the transformation, becomes more more evil and dangerous. Uh, yeah, we as an audience start to be uh, glad that the other guy's there. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's almost like um, at the beginning he's the major evil, but then as Goldblum's character becomes more evil, he becomes still evil, but the lesser of two evils. So you're like, I'll I'll take this one, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, well, it was kind of comedic how, quote unquote, he's not really evil, but like how much you're supposed to hate him. They portray it. I mean, like he, 
she asks for the key, and he, what does he say? He, whatever, I forget I what he says. Keep, I think I'll keep it. For old times, times sake. Yeah. yeah. You know, she's got her hand out for the key, and he's just like, nope, leaves. And then, and then Stalks later, her. he's just kind of yeah. like, yo, you want to just, like, have sex? Not just, romantically, but just, yeah. And then he confronts her in, the like, a, a department store, and he reveals that he had been watching her and following her all night. And, I mean, it's kind of funny. Like, he's he starts off like a stereotype of the, the ex-boyfriend. But like we've said, he, he does become a more interesting character. And I think one of the reasons it works so well is because, like you said, Michael, it's not uh, – it's motivated. It Like uh, with these specific circumstances happening, it totally makes sense. Without it, you know, if if Brundle didn't become a fly, you know, he'd still be that douchey ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that dynamic. It's interesting, and we uh, start by focusing on him because you, you wouldn't think so. But, yeah, another another thought there is – that when she tells him in uh, her bathroom there, like, oh, my God, I'm pregnant, um, his his first reaction, is, even though he knows it's not his, is like one of support, and he's just totally the nice guy. And we're suddenly like, wow. Which actually kind of, uh, I don't want to say took me off guard. I mean, from a character standpoint, I totally see why that would take you off guard. And it did me a little, too. I was like, oh, that is actually nice of him. Yeah. Uh, I was interested from a social standpoint how... Uh, Open to the idea, uh, abortion. Uh, abortion was, was. Yeah. right. The, what was no this? Eighty five. Yeah, Eighty six. Yeah. yeah. The movie never like preached like this is why you don't get an abortion or this is why you should be allowed to get yeah, abortion. Yeah. It didn't really pick a side. It was just like here's her circumstance, here's her options, here's what she chooses to do, and it was very objective in that way. And I like that. Yeah. Usually horror movies, or not usually, but there's definitely a, a big chunk of horror movies. I think specifically the slasher genre that's like, you know, the whole movie is kind of a comment on sexuality. Usually like the kids who are having sex go first and then, you know, the, the, the villain is the personification of the evils of sex and blah, 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 blah. But this movie, yeah, it kind of just like, this is what's happened. And that's kind of the entire movie. I can't really think of like a social commentary It did have kind of a slant of like, but in cases of rape, incense, incest and mutant fly babies that it should be okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, actually very anti-mutant fly babies. I'm, I'm sorry, maybe I'm not me progressive, too. but you are from Texas. I am from Texas. I'm anti-incense. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> incense it babies. It smells good. Oh, patchouli child. <laughs> no thanks. Can't raise that. Um, what about the other characters? What, what do you guys do? You guys like Brundle? Uh, I mean, um, obviously he has this arc of. Uh, I don't even want to say relatability and likability because he is a very off-putting guy even from the beginning. But I sympathize with him. I I I I'm, I feel his triumph as he's going through this um, the scientific journey to like fit, make the telepod work in the way that he wants it to. Um, but he he definitely is consumed by it to a fault. It's kind of hard for me to pin him down as a character because. I mean, every character is supposed to change throughout the movie, but this guy literally changes physically. Mm-hmm. And along with that, behaviorally, as a response to those physical changes, as he becomes more fly-like, becomes more impulsive, he become, he has, uh, he's, it starts off, he's more macho. He is stronger. He has a lot more sexual endurance, and then he, he wants to go, go, go. But then, you know, he becomes, it, it dips into evil. Uh, Michael and Ryan just high-fived there. Uh, I'm assuming when I said evil, so I'm going to keep, my eye on you guys <laughs> and that one was probably for sexual endurance so <laughs> you know it starts off like that and he's like oh man life's going really good for me he thinks that the teleportation's given you know he's made him above human a better than you know it's purified him 
but uh, I'm trying to think of a better word than impulsive, but you know, he just becomes more rash and then dangerous and, and that evolves and he he's has primitive. He's yeah. Primitive. Uh, very base instinct, very hostile, very, at the same uh, time, anyone would be freaking out in that. I mean, it's, it's scary shit. And I, I think I actually do have a good, uh, pin down on, on his character. He's an eccentric and he's a mad scientist. And, uh, you know, he invites her back to his lair. And the first thing he does is hop on the piano, uh, and play her. He's got showmanship. Um, and yeah, this, this, this machinist, I think is, is more of like a, uh, yeah, that, that, that's that weird suave that this young Goldblum has, uh, there's something very uh, enchanting and charming about him, and he's kind of almost like spectrum on his own like wavelength. And uh, I would actually argue Jeff Goldblum is the only man who could have played this character and gotten right? this this result. He, it was perfect casting. Yeah, yeah. yeah I I think the, uh, the acting wasn't great in this. I don't even know if I would say <laughs> it was good, but Jeff Goldblum <laughs> is the perfect pick for this if solely i mean towards the beginning of the movie he's not doing anything special he's just being jeff goldblum but there's some scenes in the middle i think two in particular where i thought he did such a great job because jeff goldblum is naturally a kind of eccentric guy in his performance and his way of talking and when he's the fly he can actually incorporate that into not just his his speech but his movement and it translates yeah exactly the twitches the way he stumbles he did a good job you know as he changes, he walks different ways. Sometimes he stands up really tall because he's a lot stronger. Other times he's half crippled and he's using a cane. Other times he just kind of shuffles out and he's slouched over. And then when he talks, yeah, he has this eccentric way of moving and speaking. Um, so, yeah, I think his acting shown through there. But there was never any, you know, there was some arguments throughout the movie between various characters. And I didn't really buy any of them. Um, but, yeah, just seeing Jeff Goldblum as the fly in those kind of middle scenes where he's not quite completely a monster was really interesting to watch. Um, one of my favorite things about this movie, uh, I'm going to make an admission here because I am not the most insightful movie watcher. I, I, I see things at a surface I level. That. I second yeah, that. Yeah. I see things at a sur- uh, surface level. It takes like three or four viewings for me to like really go deeper on in a movie. This is only my second viewing. But I do like to read a lot of articles that are about things that I like that point out things that uh, the way I watch things I'm uh, prone to missing. And uh, I read an article where it says uh, one of the major themes in this movie, and while watching, I totally saw it. You start out with this character who is all about his mind to the point that he, uh, I don't want to say disregards his body, but he doesn't concern about it to the point that he has all his outfits picked out for him, or like they're all the same, so he doesn't have to put any thought into anything physical. Mm. And then as the movie progresses, you get the exact opposite to where he is forced, his mind is forced to deal with this changing body, and his body is now all that he can think about. And that's represented by like, before he walks into the apartment, starts playing piano, something very much associated with uh, brain use and, and stuff like that. And, uh, and then later it's, eating sugar snacks and uh and having lots of sex and like gymnastics in his own apartment and stuff like that which is a very physical thing and so you have a guy who goes from being very mind centric to very physically centric um 
throughout the course of the movie as his body is forced to change. And then you see how his mind is trying to keep up with that. And I think that's what makes this movie so interesting to me is kind of following that, um, like tracking that progress for him. So that's why when you say those middle scenes are the ones that are the most interestingly performed to you, I think those are the ones that um, are just inherently the most interesting because they're about this transformation. Yeah, specifically... It's yeah, it's about that transformation. It's about that conflict between mind and body. But I, the scene in specific is when he asks, uh, "What's his girlfriend's name again?" Uh, Green and Davis, Veronica. When he asks Veronica, he's like, "Oh, this will be great. We have to watch this. Here, film me." That scene uh, is when he's still kind of thinking about you know scientific, uh, you know, all, all these scientific things. But you know, he's also like regurgitating spit acid on food and oh that's disgusting i'm sorry and yeah no it's like a really weird middle point between like physical and mental and also very disgusting which i think is a good time to talk about the makeup and practical effects of this it's like i was i've got a fairly good stomach but like i was wincing a lot at this there's some just completely disgusting stuff and i have to get this out of the way I haven't talked about this in a while, but when 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 he breaks that guy's hand, I I, I was like, why did we have to do that? Why did we have See to that bring that back? All you can talk about on this podcast is your hand. Just it's, let it go. It's been like, have you broken your hand before? Yeah, you know that. You've been on this podcast for a couple years now, Ryan. I'm not even gonna dignify that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that was really painful to watch. But also, this is just really gross stuff. Like. What actually grossed me out the most was the first time he tries transporting the uh, baboon the, monkey yeah. that he seems to have just a million of on hand. I really thought you were going to say steak. Like, he just ruined a perfectly just good steak. Perfectly good That's steak. disgusting. That's an outrage. No, yeah, the, the monkey the, uh, is the first live thing we see go through, and we're joking, like, you know. But also, seriously, why not use, like, a mouse or something? Uh, but, yeah, when that gets turned inside out and it looks like just, like, a, a bunch of, like, stringy brain matter, pink swirly straws... Ugh. Twitching for life. You actually just described exactly what they used to make that practical effect. They just <laughs> got a bunch straws. of crazy straws, <laughs> got the right color. Oscar Bates, yeah. swirly straws. <laughs> well, the other thing I liked is that, you know, he tries off as like, oh, I can only do inanimate things. Oh, hold on, let's do this baboon real quick. Doesn't start off with the mouse, like you said. <laughs> and then later on, he's like, wait, I think I figured out the issue with the flesh. And then he grabs a steak. The thing that is flesh. And kind of inanimate. It's like the in-between that he just completely skipped over. Right. That also supports the that central theme of the movie, too, is beforehand he didn't even think of flesh. And by that, I mean, like, his body, anything physical. And that is, like, very symbolic of, like, oh, now he's, like, having yep. sex and he's forced that. to think about that. the body. And that's what causes him to take his experiment one step further and successfully do it. You know, this actually brings up uh, uh, one of the problems I have with the movie, um, and that was some of the um, suspense of disbelief in the writing was just had so many holes. And one of them was like uh, this part we're talking about right now, where he like realizes the, his breakthrough and why flesh hasn't been working uh, comes from some very cryptic conversation she's having, where she just like says the word skin, and he's like Eureka, and he's <laughs> and he's like he's like the machine only knows what I tell it. I haven't given it the poetry. The 
poetry it needs to understand flesh and then like he runs over to the computer and like types something in like yeah oh you just put the poetry into the computer teach it the the artistic finesse and then suddenly oh it worked great yeah that seems like Done. a development that would take years and, and <laughs> yeah. i think i think you should i think you should get a point for that <laughs> I'll, Jeff give Goldblum. Po- I'll give you a point for that we we give points by the way we gave points at the beginning of the podcast and we're giving some out uh because it's halloween because it's halloween <laughs> trick-or-treat happy oh, so so you guys have about a month or two turnaround on these edits no <laughs> like <laughs> no this will be out next it week. is september 5th this will be out on tuesday <laughs> um no yeah yeah it uh it definitely has its issues it's not a perfect movie by any means um and, and i i feel plot holes and kind of the acceleration of time you never really actually feel it like he's been a fly for four weeks since he's last seen uh veronica and the only thing you really have to show for that is the fact that he looks like a mess and Someone he said says it's been on the four phone, weeks. Yeah. But like, yeah, you, you don't really get to feel that, that sense of time. It is very much just They like, needed a time-lapse sequence with very soothing music. I, like the clouds. I, know, I know what they should have done. They should have played. Yeah, it's been four weeks since you looked at me. No way. I'm going to take away a point. That's all I know of the song. I'm going to take Sorry, away I don't even point. know what that's from because I'm missing an entire decade of knowledge. Oh, he's back. Is he messing with hey us? Hey guys, it's Ryan Evans. Oh, that's his yeah, not at all. Not at all. Not even oh. kind of, yeah. How'd you know the catchphrase? You just ruined my life. Yeah, he walks into every podcast and he's just like, <laughs> "Hey guys, I'm Ryan Evans." <laughs> that's him. He sounds like he's about to announce punked. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I guess I've kind of bought into the fact that you're not James because I don't think you can actually pronounce his last name. Was it McAnally? Oh, sh- maybe he is. But can you pronounce this James's last name? That's the question. I can write it down for you. You can give it a shot. Yeah, let's do You're that. You're screwed, though. Let's do that. But in the meantime, let's still talk about the fly. <laughs> um, I want to go back. We, we hit this nail on the head a lot. It's something that gets talked about in the visual effects and special effects industries. But um, this movie is in its of itself a remake of a 1950s movie called The Fly. Yep. And I haven't seen it, so I don't know what it's done better and what it's done worse. But I can guarantee you if they did this again now and they said, oh, well, computer generated, you know, they CG'd all the gross stuff you saw, it wouldn't have nearly the same effect. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the makeup was really good that it was it was real. It was practical. Yeah. Yeah. Even small, the makeup was amazing. Even things like when the baboons turned inside out, you would think, oh, well, that's just a lump on the floor. Maybe we can CG that so that we don't have to worry about rigging the floor to make it twitch, but it wouldn't, again, be nearly as gross. And even though I'm sure real life on set, I'd see like, oh, that's just rubber with like some oil maybe or some gel to make it slimy. It, it just looks disgusting. And yeah. I think because we can, we know it, it's something real. Ugh gross yeah no the the effects in this uh are one of my favorite parts of it i mean i i i love the idea of the story i think it's cool um i also remember that uh the simpsons on one of their treehouse of horror episodes actually did a parody of this um where i want to say bart merged with a fly and that one was one i like grew up on and so then i was like excited to actually watch the source material your last name is pronounced gerardier is my guess you motherfucker. I mean, you've also said it a few That's times. That's true. So, but yeah, it doesn't count. I, That's what I think, too. I mean, it's French pronunciation. Yeah. You would be correct. Um, uh, so, uh, going Can we back give to a the point m- to France real quick? Is there? To France, no. for, France. For, for James's last name? Yeah. I will never give a point to France. <laughs> Thank Not you, France. Not again. 
Uh, after what happened last time. Yeah. Hashtag um, freedom fries. <laughs> uh, but one thing I heard about the 1950s movie is that the result of the exper- uh, experiment was immediately a fly with a human head and a human with a fly head. Oh, so like it, it split the it two was, bodies into two new yes. combined bodies? And it was immediate. And from what I hear, the, the fly with the human head gets caught in a web and the... Uh, human body with the fly head, they have no way of communicating to one another, and he, he wants like the bigger version to come save him from the web, basically. But where it sounds like the movie falls short, falls short is one, you don't get to explore that transformation, mm-hmm. and you don't really have a way for either of them to communicate, which is yeah, makes it, it tough. It sounds yeah. like a completely different movie, just the same basic premise. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah, because I don't like remakes that just do the same thing. Um, what what company? What what studio was this? I, Fox. I think this was Fox. Sure. <laughs> Disney. This seems like a Disney film. Yeah. yeah? <laughs> Fine. Uh, we'll say it's an unfounded Fox movie. We're, we don't know for sure. Did Lifetime exist in '86? <laughs> I don't know. Not a bad question. Um, any final thoughts from you guys? I would love to see a uh, fly movie made for Lifetime. <laughs> I mean, given the recent track record. They, That's not too far. If they ever dove into sci-fi, I would be all about. I mean, I am already so interested in watching so many Lifetime movies. It, it, it would be like like a really like brawny like lumberjack guy merges with a really sensitive man. <laughs> <laughs> my my plaid is falling off. <laughs> And underneath, you can see my emotions. (laughs) (laughs) And this light-colored polo. (laughs) My babe, the big blue ox statuette is now just a relic in the Natural History Museum. That's such a good reference. (laughs) Paul Bunyan, man. (laughs) Skating on on a flapjack griddle, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Any other thoughts on this movie? If you're going to go into a, like... A, a monster's lair to kill it. You might want to assemble your gun beforehand <laughs> and maybe pull the trigger when you're aiming it at him and he's looming over you. Don't wait for him to casually shove it on your hand, but like casually shove it away slowly and then grab your arm and spit acid. Yeah, that was like Michael just swiped at Ryan and he had all the time in the world to react. I <laughs> felt like a fly. It was a fairly it's perfect swatted. reenactment. Yeah, you would think. Uh, Goldblum's character as a fly would like swat it away aggressively. No, it was very gentle, kind of like, hey, buddy, let's not bring the gun into this, okay? <laughs> we will bring acid, though. That's my final thought. All right. Well, let's go into ratings. 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 Guys, we're not a radio show, okay? <laughs> Ratings with Foire and the Douche. Wait, is that Will? No. Oh. Will, he died Oh, years ago. Did he leave oh. a will? Minus a point. <laughs> I uh, have to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back, guys. Let's write this. No, we're going to wait. We're going to wait. <laughs> oh, okay. We're going to wait until Ryan gets back. You this, edit this out? No, I won't. <laughs> James, see any good movies? Uh, I saw The Visit the other night. It <laughs> uh, wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah, I saw that on like on like Twitter or something. Yeah. 
As in, I saw the entire movie on Twitter. Someone uploaded a, the video of it. In 140 characters. <laughs> well, I just passed a kidney stone. I'm back. Oh, great. You were actually very quiet. That was cool. Um, all right, let's rate this thing. Uh, Steven, you want to go first? Man, um, it's kind of hard to judge this movie because part of me thinks it's about the spectacle. It does have that physical versus mental. Um, but the acting wasn't good, except for one or two scenes with Jeff Goldblum where he could really personify where he was in the metamorphosis. Uh, story has some plot holes, and... I don't know. It's kind of slow, but the, it visually looks amazing. It's got that. It's got. It's great science fiction. I'm gonna give it just a solid B. Okay, James. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Stephen on a few of those. There's some plot holes. Yeah, the acting wasn't great. Didn't really hold me. I found myself looking at my phone for bits of the movie. Um, Which is weird because you were watching The Fly on your phone when you did it. Totally. Also on Twitter. <laughs> also on Twitter. And 140 he loved the characters. small screen experience. It was from actually from the fly's perspective. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, periscoping the whole thing. It was great. <laughs> but no, um, I think I'd give it a B minus. Ryan? Uh, I, I would give it a lower grade um, if I was purely looking at it from all its technical standpoints uh, because there are just so many flaws with um, the, the writing and, and, yeah, like you said, the acting um, – and, and a lot of the pacing and the time jumps and all that stuff. But I really like Jeff Goldblum, and there's something charming about it. I will also say the music was terrible, and it was done by Howard Shore. It was just so, there were like these pockets of like sweeping, epic, dramatic music for just the, the most mundane parts, and it would like come and go, like fade very awkwardly. Jeff Goldblum walking down the street eating a candy, eating bar, candy bar. The was most like, sinister dum, dum, theme dum, dum, ever. <laughs> yeah, it was like. <laughs> Yeah, a, a, a lot of the elements were 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 off, but because of its charm, uh, I will just give it a solid B, and I feel like I'm being generous. But yes, a B. Um, we're actually all fairly consistent on our view of it. Um, I, I'd say I, I gave it a B plus on my first watching of it about a year ago. It has dropped a little because of the plot holes and stuff like that, but I think the themes hold up. I think the effects, even in 2015, hold up great. Um, Goldblum is just always a treat to watch. He's not the star of that many movies. He's always like a supporting player. So to be able to see him carry a movie like this and actually do a fairly decent job at it is always enjoyable. Uh, for me, I am also giving it a B for Brundle. That's not why I That's did it. That's a lot of Bs in a movie about a fly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a point for that, Stephen. You never get points from me for jokes. But that was pretty was clever. That was really clever. And... Uh, that brings our average to a B. So, did you really have to bust out the calculator <laughs> yeah. on that one? Well, it was progressive. I did, like Ryan could have tanked it with like yeah. a D minus, and then I'd been like, I wish I had my calculator now. You still pressed equals at the end, and it was like to like you six decimal what? places. You know what? <laughs> Solid B. Can we just hold hands? <laughs> yes. Oh, don't say it on air. Don't you dare say it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> guys, it is time for us to go into. The points recap. Uh, Steven has two points. James has three points. Ryan has four points. And can you guys all remind me? Uh, I know Ryan merged with Amazon Prime at the top of the podcast. What did you merge with? How do I, I spell it? I merged with a Quokka. It's a, oh, Jesus, Q-U-O-K-K-A. Sounds like a race thing. And Steven? <laughs> yeah, I might have to edit James's part of the challenge out. I'm The Rock. 
or I, I merge with the rock. You know what? I'm going to give you one more point for merging with the rock because Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. You got to come on. Uh, before we go into the next segment, uh, I'm going to have to go ahead and look up what a quoka is. <laughs> you got to be well informed. I got to know. I am already on it. Oh, oh my god! Wow, that, that is thing. look at this cute little thing. <laughs> that is look at that very adorable. Is that a permanent smile? <laughs> All right, guys. We'll have to post and... an image in the show notes of what we're looking at. We will. We will show yeah, a picture that of does a look like a permanent smile. Look at him. Oh, yeah. Look at that little guy. I, I now oh, I now wish instead of releasing a, a faux poster of the fly, we would just mix James's face with a quokka for our episode image but we're not going to do that because i already made the poster and it was like my first time photoshopping anything guys let's go into the challenge 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 well michael just shot us all so we're dead i'm not sure how this is gonna work ouch i'm very proud of your photoshop michael good job i'm proud of you they grow up so fast yeah i got my first pubic hair today Wow, did it come out of three slits on your shoulder? It did. That's how it happened. Did you get that checked out? No. Analyzed in a lab by your very bad at acting, very bland uh, girlfriend. I'm just going to walk up to Gina Davis one day and be like, can you cut this hair off me? It looks pubic. Here, Michael, let me give you an alcohol massage. <laughs> no, that hurts. <laughs> Do flies hate alcohol? What was that? I don't know what that, I guess. Like, I think just open wounds and alcohol probably doesn't yeah. sound like a good idea. Last yeah. last thought. I'm pretty sure they cast Jeff Goldblum in the apartments.com ads because he just says, change the world in this movie. And they're like, oh, we just need that exact performance. Apartments.com. Change your apartment. Change the world. Fun fact for all you commercial. Yeah, it buffs works out if you've there. seen it. <laughs> My favorite thing about this podcast is leaving you out to dry when you say something that to me. Oh, I'm all used to it. Yeah, I'm a, I know completely. You are. Let's do this challenge. Let's do the challenge. Do the challenge. All right, guys. Uh, at one point in the movie, uh, Jeff Goldblum's character uh, had the Natural History Museum of Brundle, which was all of his human body parts that fell off en route to his transformation into a fly. Um, I want each of you to take me on an interactive tour of your natural history museum uh, that comp- is comprised of all the things that you lose in your transformation process, physically or emotionally, or just, hey, quokas don't have pockets, so my wallet is no longer on me. Um, but take me on a tour of all the things that you have in your personal natural history museum. Who would like to go first? I'll take the first round. Perfect. So I chose to merge with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And, and much like Brundlefly, my natural history museum is in my bathroom, but not in my medicine cabinet. I'm going to walk in. Uh, I got a new addition. I, I walk over and open up the hamper and throw these pants in there because I can't fit in these clothes anymore. The rock is huge. I haven't even been working out, but my biceps have been growing. I've got like a pile of long sleeve shirts in here that don't even fit on me. You need tanks. Yeah, these things are ripped. So I'm I'm switching to tanks. I've got a whole closet of like five of the same tank, not because I want to be intellectual, but because when I found one that fits this muscular definition, I just cleaned shop and, and grabbed all of them. What's on the front of the tank? You clearly didn't go shopping. I'm, t- I'm deducting a point. Keep, <laughs> keep going. Uh, You're making this shit up. Oh. But keep what, going. What would you do if I brought an actual tank? It Pizza because of my cheat day. 
It's, it's too late. You, your time expired. Oh. Just finish the tour. Oh. Just finish the tour. So, yeah, everything. But I'm already looking at the program, looking at the start time. You're, the you're waiting tour. for this to end. Just all my clothes. My boxers don't fit. The elastic waistbands weren't enough. They just, boom, trash, everything. And uh, I'm, I'm throwing out my computers, too, because why be an animator when you're the rock? I've got a great acting career ahead of me. So, also behind you. Yeah. Both directions. You're, so you're I'm a just, franchise. I'm just going to continue. I think I'm going to be Johnny Bravo next, but they canceled that. So I just got off of Hercules. So I got to make room for all my props from that movie. And yeah, that's all. He's or, made so many movies since Hercules already. I know. He's actually, it's really hard to keep track of all the stuff he's doing. They were doing a Johnny Bravo. Was that Seth MacFarlane? Yeah. Gonna... I don't think so, but they were, they were going to do a Johnny Bravo and The Rock was cast as him. This was years ago and it got, the, it got greenlit and then canceled. My tank has whatever the tank top in Big Trouble in Little China has because he's about to be in that movie. If, I brought it back. I think it's like a sunset. It's too late. I think it's like a sunset. All right. Uh, the next tour is beginning. We have okay. James, so we after have that, James Girardier. After that thrilling tour of <laughs> Stevens <laughs> fucking dirty laundry. Chicago Dings, everybody. Uh, so I'm gonna be turning into a quoka, and they're always smiling. And um, all my friends kind of know me for my, I guess it would be a resting bitch face, or as I like to call it, just <laughs> I don't really tend to show emotion. I don't like sit there and like, oh, I'm thinking deep thought. I better smile. It's just stale, so I guess that's gone. So just my stale face is going to be on the wall. <laughs> stale. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess all my clothes would be useless now since I'm going to be an adorable quokka. I, I don't. I mean, what else do I have? I have my resting bitch face and my clothes. Um, dude, my tour sucks even more. <laughs> Damn. Sorry, Steven. I gave you shit, but I wasn't even prepared for mine. He doesn't have a sunset on his tank top. It's kind of like a Japanese-looking... Okay, Steven, I'm not, I didn't venture back into your wing of the museum. It's kind of like a, a yin-yang with some snakes. Who there's, made this audio tour? There's a red There's a red <laughs> circle in the background that might be a sun, which is where I got confused Steven, about I the sunset. I farted, and it smells really bad, and I'm still... Uh, less comfortable with you oh, continuing geez, to actually, talk right now. Oh, actually just reached me, and it, he, he's not lying. Yeah, it's it's... It's gnarly. Do you ever think when you go to the museum and you get those headphones that do the audio tour of like they kind of messed up on setting those up and all of a sudden, you know, you're in the exhibit of Pompeii and then it's telling you all about, I don't know, the history Western of Chile, oh. the history of AIDS or that, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Know. Those museums that deal with the history of AIDS. It's the AIDS museum. The AIDS museum. It's a sad museum. Yeah. I almost worked as an aide there. I was going to volunteer. Go away. Okay. So, yeah. Oh. What if he wasn't joking? What if... He wasn't. Yeah. The, the AIDS Museum would need AIDS. It's it's not even a joke. Are you saying the AIDS Museum is like a history of like assistants and people who help <laughs> other professionals? <laughs> they also help you here. <laughs> All right. Well, despite my hesitation, the temperature is kind of a little too cold. I'm going to go into Ryan's wing of the museum for this. Are you calling me hot? Thrilling. What do you mean the temperature is a little too cold? I'm saying that I'm already uncomfortable heading into your exhibit, but I'm going to do it because we're friends. Well, everyone loves this an is, underdog. This is like so. when, when, I sh- when I watch your commercial on YouTube only because you're in it. <laughs> oh, which one? Arby's. <laughs> um, so uh, my choice was Amazon Prime yeah. is uh, what I'm, uh, my metamorphosis is going into. 
Um, so I want to start out with a, a symbolic um, uh, uh, relic, and that would be something you can buy on Amazon Prime, which is a melting clock a la Salvador Dali painting, um, because it would represent the time that melts away uh, with my, my Amazon obsession of Amazon Prime all time. Like, days will go by, and I won't even know anymore. Um, I'm also wearing a Lego watch I got on Amazon Prime. It's, yeah. Um, another thing uh, in, in my Amazon Prime would be just a bunch of uh, paper receipts, like the, the scrolls of receipts that uh, are no longer um, needed. I, I'm, I, there's a 30-day return policy. Um, and uh, probably um, it, it, would, it would also be, be filled with um, my social life. Because <laughs> that will become kind of empty, I guess. And how is that? How is that physically represented? Uh, it would be a a very very miniature diorama of all my my friends and family and loved ones. <laughs> Anything else? Um, well, definitely the tweezers that helped me build that diorama. I, I'd leave there. It's not really a relic. It's just to help me upkeep that part of the relics. Sure. Yeah. So I have a question for you. Yep. What would your physical embodiment be of Amazon Prime? Because I'm imagining like you as their drones thing that isn't really working out for them right now. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. That's the end Other of your thing movie. that I get you're, to you're do. Drone is that I'm a drone. Down. <laughs> I, I just picture like a stupid helicopter looking thing with like Ryan's face just on the front <laughs> of it, just perpetually grinning. I basically turn into a dystopian future inspector gadget and get shot down by the military. Nice. Well, <laughs> why are you in military airspace with Amazon? Well, I, is that I'm a the drone. End of your, I mean, yeah, no, you're right. They don't really deliver to Afghanistan yet. Is that the end of your tour? Like your your charred uh, drone remains just <laughs> laid there, yeah. just yeah. laid out with the tweezers in its hand. But it, like you wanted one last adjustment on your diorama, but you couldn't get there before you got shot down. A frown on his face because he couldn't deliver the package <laughs> he was meant to deliver. <laughs> I get a one-star rating, and that's just <laughs> breaks the camera Cuts back. You I'm deep, done. Man. All right. Well, that was that was a good tour. There was actually something, actually several things in it. Not just clothes. <laughs> Not just. Michael George quickly gave a look. I also had my face. Thank you very much. That's fair. Uh, for being adorable, James, I am going to give you five points. You get by on your looks alone. If that gives you comfort. Great, but you're pretty shallow. Or I guess I'm shallow. I'm fine with it. Uh, Steven, I don't know. I, I like giving you zero points. It's always fun. But, like, <laughs> you know, you froze up when I asked you what's on your tank top, which makes me even doubt if they're authentic. I'm looking at these tank tops. And I can't make out what they are. And the, the person giving me the tour is like, I can't make out what it is. Like, it should be the Brahma Bull, the tattoo, his logo that he has tattooed on his arm. Uh, that he made his wrestling career uh, using as his nickname. You dropped the ball on that. You dropped the people's elbow on that. <laughs> and uh, I, I would say you hit rock bottom. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give you two points, though. Was that entire <laughs> string of insults set up for the one joke? <laughs> no, I, there were several rock references in there. I'm a diehard wrestling fan. Yeah, that's why I picked the rock. <laughs> Ryan, you actually had a pretty decent exhibit. And anything that has a diorama in it, you know it's legit. 
Especially if it's tiny and handmade. It has tweezers there. And it has and tweezers next to it. Repair. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you six points. Thank you. Um, which leaves our total. Uh, Steven has five points. James has eight points. Ryan has ten points. Ryan, you won the podcast. Cool. So I guess me, Steven, will now choose next week's movie. Me, Steven. Yeah. Steven, what are we watching next week? Because apparently this Ryan and James are just going to leave us like the other one. <laughs> and Michael's gone, so I guess I'm the only one left. Uh, I guess this is all Steven, all the time. We'll be watching Terminator 4, Rise of the Machines. No, we won't. That is a horrible idea. <laughs> We're going to skip straight to Genesis so I can bring... <laughs> Michael is lifting a chair and boom. <laughs> he went for it. You should have seen it. Yeah, James, we, we forgot to have you sign like a what do they liability call it? Liability waiver. waiver. <laughs> oh. uh, but, but we can forge that, I think. I am uh, back here to use my veto. For turn for tournaments for terminators. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no we're terminator. done. We're done. Um next week is actually not my pick or Michael's pick or anyone here's pick. We are watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is being brought to the table by Emmy. We had Emmy on a couple weeks ago. Uh, more than a couple weeks ago a now, month a, a month and a half. Yeah, for Kill Bill Two, she's coming back with Ninja Turtles. She was actually wearing a Ninja Turtles shirt. At that I don't time. think I don't think I've seen either of you ever with a female present ever. Have you ever been present with a female? Well, before? I'd say tune in, but all you're going to do is hear us with a female. <laughs> so I'm going to leave that question open. You'll never know. Uh, a lot of people hear me with females. They hear me talking to them and then they hear them leave (laughs) (laughs) i was waiting to see where that joke was going and i'm glad i did they hear the splash of a drink in my face but i don't know sometimes people got to do anal and you got to ask to see if it's okay uh (coughs) yeah so emmy's bringing the i believe it's the first ninja turtles movie next week so go watch that if you haven't come on back and join the discussion we'd love to hear your thoughts on it you can email us at fuarock at gmail.com find us on facebook or at from under a rock on facebook and fuarock podcast on twitter so you talk to us about the movie there we'd love to hear from you and before i forget if you're listening on itunes or even if you're not you should go give us a review and rating on itunes it really helps us out one two three four or five stars yeah that's fine if you want to trash us any press, it's a good press. There you go. Unless it's bad press. Speaking of, so don't give us a one-star rating, please. Yeah, please don't. Speaking of press, Ryan and James, what are you guys up to? Tell us about the projects you have, where How we can find you. How much do you bench? How much Speaking do you bench? Of press. I like to gloat here. I say I bench a solid five. Pounds? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> where, where can we find you, James? What do you do? Um, I edit for the Philip DeFranco show now. So if you want to see any of my fun stuff, learn about pop culture, daily news, you can go to youtube.com slash SXEPhil or type in the Philip DeFranco show. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? Um, I press about 350 mLs of cold pressed juice. Um. <laughs> That's hot. Also very healthy. <laughs> Michael just threw something at me. Uh, Michael shows his affection to me by hating me. It was um, his underwear. <laughs> uh, well, I most recently did uh, filmed a, a, this is no joke, a Plan B commercial. Um, and so I'm waiting for that to come out. So that'll be sort of the next thing that happens when that's released. Michael is, is pinning me back like a wrestler and pretending to slit my throat. Even though I'm the one who's half the rock, but okay. Uh, <laughs> you kind of dropped the ball on convincing me that was true. 
I made Michael a profile picture where I photoshopped his face onto a wrestler and put XOXO Kiss Kiss. It was a boxer. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so when that comes out, that'll be, that'll be that thing, and I'm uh, working on a, a couple features. Um, and, uh, yeah. You want to talk Twitter handles, stuff we can follow, the website? Yeah, all my stuff is Ryan Schwartz, and Ryan is spelled R-H-Y-A-N-S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. Um, that's my uh, everything. Name. My Instagram. My that's my handle for Instagram and Twitter, and uh, that's if you want to reach out to me on Facebook or your handle for real life. My, yeah. Well, you were born Ryan without an H, though. We can edit this part out, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I guess if we're dropping Twitter handles, I think you can find me on anywhere with uh, Chicago James. I'd say my actual handle is my full name, but I'm not going to go into spelling that because it's ridiculous. But it is Girardier. It is Girardier. So I'll give you that hint. If you can figure it out from there, props to you. Hey, if you can find him, good job. You got to like, if someone finds you and tweets, you got to just tell them like, hey, good job. You figured it out. Oh, yeah. If you find me off this, go ahead and tweet at me. I'll like retweet you, favorite it. I mean, I'll... 200 of my followers i'm sure will not care <laughs> um but yeah i'm one of those followers and I, I assure you i won't no i will please do great thank you guys don't hey what's going on a hyperdrive well i uploaded a great so video getting a lot of views and then someone stole and put it on facebook that sucks i gotta go deal with that michael let's wrap this thing up also checked out my linkedin page <laughs> It's really booming right now. Is if you it? could uh, endorse me for anything, that'd be great. I'm really going to endorse appreciate you it. for people skills. Thank you. Is that a thing? I, I, no I think so, yeah. Also, Stephen and I have been sharing a mic, and every time we, we go for it, it's kind of like we're about to make out, but we're, we're not sure. We're, we're pulling away. We're like, ugh. When, when uh, Stephen told me you were coming on the podcast, he was like, can I please sit next to him? I really want to make a move on this guy, but I want it to feel natural. So I think if we share a mic... I will be more inclined to do that. Two guys, one mic. Steven, all you had to do was ask. Let's do it. Thanks again for listening to From Under a Rock. And silent sounding kiss. I'm <laughs> yeah. just going to go on air <laughs> and say that. That's what that pause was. Yep. Um, I expected like squishy sounds. <laughs> Thanks again for do listening. Do you guys like being interrupted during the final wrap up? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Steven Steuben, the Burb Suburban Zarita, the jerk. You, you're just you're, <laughs> your cadence made it sound like you had more. No, and I know that's how this over. American life does it. Didn't you ever notice that Ira Glass is always his cadence is always unresolved? I am Michael Ornelas, aka Mike Bourbon. <laughs> I'm James Girardier, aka Chicago James, and I'm Ryan Schwartz, aka. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> AKA, see you next week. For another episode. All right, thanks for being on my show, guys. Uh, from, from Under, under a, a 